Kyle Draper's back with us today. Coming off the road with the Kings, where they somehow, someway found a way to win last night in Denver, beating the Nuggets again, Kyle. They, they own like the Nuggets. Yes. Who's your daddy, Denver Nuggets? And me. And once again, our guy, DeMontis Sabonis, outplayed Nikola Jokic. That's what's so impressive. Uh, uh, you know, 9 of 16 for Domas. Jokic, 6 of 17. He had his way with him. Jokic begging for foul calls, complaining to the refs. And that's two nights in a row we've seen an imposing center, Jokic and Nurkic, the night before in Phoenix, just flustered, flabbergasted, not knowing what to do with DeMontis Sabonis, begging the referees for some help. And his fourth quarter, Fox, back? Is this De'Aaron it Fox needs or to is be. this a version uh, of? Or? I, I, I think it needs to be, Whitey, because when you look at the difference between last season and this season, Last season, the Kings found ways to win. And that's something historically that they haven't done. In the past, they had found ways to lose games late. This year, I'm not seeing the fight as much late in the fourth quarter. I'm not seeing the belief as much in the fourth quarter that, oh, the Kings will get it done. Last year with fourth quarter Fox, we knew De'Aaron would come to the rescue. This year, it's like we hope he does, and hopefully this is the start of something here, you know, fourth quarter Fox, because he can get his points anytime, Whitey. I've said this a million times, but timely points is what the Kings need. And last night, I thought the way he took over that game, 10 straight, I think it was, Mm -hmm. for Sacramento, he scored. Like, that's what they need from him. They need the timely buckets from him. 339-1140, By the way, Frankie... Joins us bottom of the hour, our Kings Insider. And then Kings icon Jerry Reynolds at 4.30. We haven't had Jerry on uh, in a while. So we got that and more coming up on the Kings right now. Let's go to Doug on Sacktown Sports. Doug, thanks for hanging on. What's on your mind? Gentlemen, how are you? Thank you. Yeah, what's up, Doug? Oh, hey, uh, nice to hear you back in the studio there, uh, Mr. Draper. Thank you, man. And uh, it's okay. I I only get the... I stream the the games and stuff, so I always got to listen to the, uh, the yahoos from the other team as they try to announce games and stuff, and uh, it's very hard. So I don't get to see you and uh, you and Katie do your thing. But that's an, a t- story for another time. Hey, what I'm what I'm looking at is uh, was it 27 or 28 games to go? 28 games, right? I believe. 28. Yeah. 28. Okay. So is uh, what number are you guys looking at? And I'll take that later. But um, I'm thinking. Uh, that 18 and 10 will get you right around that 50 number and whatever that ends up being, uh, you know, top four or uh, five through eight or something. Also, what's the scenario that's going to follow up from here after those games that are done, then there'll be the, um, um, you know, the draft and then there'll be free agency and stuff, you know, any ideas or what you think might happen with Monty and, and where we're going to be to, to rectify some of the shortcomings that we have, have a great call the rest of the show. I'm done. All right. Thanks, Thank Doug. Thanks, Doug. I think Doug. a lot of that, they have no idea what they're doing until they see how the rest of this year plays right. out. Right, see how it plays out, right? See, Not to dodge the question, but. You know, I I think first order of business probably is make a decision on Malik Monk. And I know you, uh, you know, you got the draft before you uh, can re-sign him, but, you know. Like, to me, that's priority number one. And it you may have be to, tough financially to retain him. Yeah, but I, I think they have the money. They don't have his full bird rights. I don't think they have, I think they have p- partial bird rights. The key is going to be who else might be interested in him. Like, what if somebody offers him $20 million a year? It's hard right. to, you know, if right. you're Malik, you're like, yeah. it's hard to, you know, begrudge him I going to take the tough. bag. I think he'd like to stay here, and I know right. the Kings like to keep him, but it could be very difficult. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that if – 
if I'm Monty, that's a priority for me because he's been the one consistent off your bench. He's the heart and soul of the team. He gives you that energy. Perfect six man for the team. You know, as far as draft and, and free agency, I, I don't know. You know, you look at uh, the Kings uh, draft picks, you know, it, it'll probably be conveyed uh, this year to Atlanta, I believe. So they won't have a first round pick. And so then what happens after that? I would like to see this team be active in free agency. Uh, but I don't know, money-wise, you can't offer $35 million, $40 million to somebody. You know, DeMontis Sabonis' new contract kicks in at $217 million. I do believe De'Aaron Fox is up for an extension as well. And so you're, you're going to have to shell out a lot of money for those guys. As for the final 28 games of the regular season, Whitey, I was driving in thinking about this. Can the Kings go 20-8? and eight? And if they do, that's 51 wins. Right. That's tall order. Tall order. Eight, yeah. All right, so what do you think? That 18 and uh, 10? Yeah. So That's that still 49. 49 wins ahead of last year's pace, but still probably right. might not even be good enough for a top six this year. Right, right. Yeah, I think they're going to be in the play-in, and I hope I'm mm. wrong. That would be exciting, but I don't know if we could <laughs> – Handle that around here, the play-in scenario. That's what I, yeah. that's where I think they're going to be, though. Yeah, and maybe it, they get out of it. I'm not saying they will or won't, but I think that they're going to end up in that. You know, and, and that's a possibility. You know, when you look at the standings right now, I think there's one team in the top six that'll probably fall off, and that's the Pelicans, and not fall off a lot. You know, but I'm thinking that's a team you can catch. Right now, you're a game and a half behind the Pelicans. Dallas actually scares me from the standpoint of they're playing some great basketball right now. They've won six in a row. So Dallas might get that spot. Phoenix, I think, is going to be there as well. I think they're a top six team. Yeah. Phoenix, you know, you hope this doesn't happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, twang, somebody's hammy goes or something, mm. you know. Well, Brad Beal left the game yeah. the other night. Yeah. yeah. So that's the big question with them. I understand what you're saying about the Pelicans, but, you know, they're pretty legit so right. far. They're That's 17 the, and 12 on the road. Right. That's, it's like, yeah. Our, you know, here we are, you know, 60% through the season. And it's like, maybe, Kyle, I need to start taking the Pelicans seriously. And so what's crazy is the Kings are going to have a better record, per, perhaps, probably, but yet finishing a play in this year. Could happen. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, it, it's just that that would be shocking to me. Now, with that being said, as much as I would be upset at a seven seed, something like that, if you go in an advance and actually make the playoffs and have a, a, a first-round matchup, let's say, with OKC, let's say you play OKC, that would be the matchup. I give the Kings a fighting chance. Yeah, I do too. And so ultimately— I like OKC a lot. Yeah, but so ultimately, I think this Kings season should be judged not by the first 82, but what happens in the playoffs. Think about it. If you're Miami— did they have a successful season last year? Yeah, they got to the finals. Got to, exactly. And so just making the playoffs is one thing. I'd rather them be a play-in and advance to the second round than be uh, the sixth totally. seed and place Completely. the Clippers yeah. first and round then, and get bounced, you know? Summer. And yeah. so uh, I'm going to hold, uh, you know, uh, reserve judgment on this Kings team until I see what happens in the postseason. Now, as far as the Warriors go, last night watching the Warriors, uh, it was hard to watch. The Warriors had a what an eleven point lead, yeah. uh, fourth quarter about ten minutes ago. Ty Lue went absolutely ballistic <laughs> at the officials. Yeah. Uh, the Clippers came back. Long story short, um, the Warriors come out of a timeout. They're down six with about thirty eight seconds to go. Pajemski, who was playing out of his mind, yes. throws in a three. So you got just under forty seconds to go. The Warriors are down three at home. 
Clippers have the ball, mm. and Klay Thompson commits an intentional foul. Mm. And Steve Kerr has one of the right. most. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he, he couldn't believe. You, you rarely see a coach that confused, that absolutely flabbergasted. Uh, you rarely see that much disbelief on a coach um, in any sport during a game about something that one of his own players has done. Yeah. I mean, because it was right in front of your own bench, too. Yeah. And he's looking at the bench. And right. He's like, what? Happened. Right. It's like you got Steve Kerr there. You saw Chris Paul also saying, no foul. Just play defense. Even You're in a Pajemski, good the rookie, was right. like, oh, right. It, 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 it has just gone from bad to worse for Klay Thompson. And he's a veteran. He should know something like that. And the Warriors continually to find a way to lose the game. You know, 15-point lead at one point, and then they collapse and give up 44 in the fourth quarter. This team, sure, I, I mentioned it, Whitey, they had went on a nice little winning streak, but they were beating bad teams, shorthanded teams. Last night, it crept up on them again, and they lost. And uh, they got some issues, man. I don't know if you saw the video also. Steph Curry, after Clay's uh, mistake, tried to dap Clay up, and Clay just ignored him. Yeah. I'm like, that's Steph Curry. That's your franchise right yeah. there. That's supposed to be your boy, and I understand you're butthurt. You're in your feelings right now, Clay Thompson, but. Steph is trying to comfort you and say, hey, it's going to be, and you just ignore Steph Curry. There's something going on there. That was very bizarre. To me, it looked like there's a guy playing like he just found out he was almost traded for LeBron, (laughs) except LeBron didn't want to do it. You you know? know? Right. So somebody with your organization, they were willing to move you out, and Clay seems like the type of guy that would really be bothered by that. And here's the, the issue I have with Clay, and I feel for him. His game clearly isn't the same. You know, he's not the same player on both ends of the floor. The shot is failing him a little bit this season. But his body language is just awful out there. It was that way, too, uh, last year. Was it that way last year, too? At times, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, dude, like, he's like a Debbie Downer, a rain cloud, you know? And you could just see it and and feel it. And, and, you know, Warriors are a proud organization. I know I give them a lot of crap, but they're uh, one of the elite franchises in our league. And what Clay's doing right now you know, it, it it's almost like he's a malcontent. I don't think he's doing anything behind the scenes, but just when you watch him play, mm-hmm. his body language just looks awful. Yeah, and that's a team that going back to when they were winning championships, uh, with even with KD, Steve Kerr talked about how they have to play with joy. We play with joy. Yeah. That's how we play our best. And Clay ain't playing with much joy these days. Not much, not much. And like you said, hard he to lo- watch. looks like a guy who – knows that he was almost shipped out yeah. of town for LeBron James. So. Yeah. What did Candace Parker say? We're witnessing the demise of mm. Clay Thompson, and I guess some people gave her some heat for that, but I don't know how you could. Uh, right. I mean, just the, the numbers indicate what they are. You know, mm-hmm. he's just not the same player. Yeah. So, as I said, Frankie, bottom of the hour. When we come back, we'll get to uh, some more thoughts on uh, the very curious uh, uh, Steve Wilkes firing and why it looks so <laughs> bad and why it really happened. Drive guys roll on here on Sackdown Sports. Wow, how about this, Drapes? I thought everybody was feeling good about this Kings win. On the text line, 339-1140, I'm not trying to take anything away from the win last night, but we all have to admit that the Nuggets without Jamal Murray are really not as good of a team. Put your name on it. Right? And KCP, too. Yeah, Jay. I think Jay might have sent that text. I know, right? <laughs> I would have just told you. Yeah. I just told you. Yeah, that's true. You know, and the Nuggets haven't been whole in any of the games we faced them this season. Even on Friday, they were without Michael Porter Jr. at KCP. First time out, they were without Jamal Murray. And so, yeah, I guess. But for this Kings team, which we've seen them lose to shorthanded teams before, last yeah. night was a good win. Yeah, and you were still down 16. 
at altitude right. and to win every right. win. And they needed to win. So, yeah, no one's saying, that's it. Crown them. Crown them. Crown right. their ass. No, right. No and and Aaron Gordon was playing his butt off, too. Aaron Gordon was a beast last night. And Jokic was still out there, and you nullified him. That's a good win last yeah. night. Yeah. Now, Jay, you did say that you had a different take on the game. And I, I don't know what it is. And if you... You don't want, want to share that sure. now? Yeah. What you got? It, it's kind of in the same form of fashion of putting I, together what that text texter said. And at the same time of n- nothing was gained. And I understand that to continue. It sounds crazy because if you had a loss, you would have lost footing. But the other part of it, and the first thing that popped in my mind when I saw the game at, at the end was Drapes talked about yesterday when you guys were talking about the Warriors being fool's gold. Mm. And that's kind of how I saw last night's win. All wins, as Mike Brown last night said, mean something right now. Yep. And also Mike Brown said, you know, we also have the sound where he said, after the All-Star break, everything counts. Like, mm-hmm. this is, you know, this one counted, but everything counts after that. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the, the negative Nancy person to have glass not full, but, or have glass empty. I just think it was fool's gold. It was almost like pl- gold plated, not gold 100% through, but gold plated. <laughs> like you got the gold plated necklace. Right, right. On the you outside. Know? Yeah, on yeah, the outside. Not, okay. And so I think they should be beating the Nuggets without KCP and Jamal Murray. I understand they still have Jokic, but to get down 15, and they showed hard, as you guys have explained eloquently, um, I'm not sure, man. I, I think it makes me uneasy on where they're going because it, they didn't gain anything. And at the same time, I thought, yet again, they fell down. Yet again, they fell down to a, a good team that's probably most people consider better than them. And yet again, as that texter said, they didn't have Jamal Murray or KCP. I think if both those guys were playing, they lose that game. And now we're talking about something a little different. And so I, I don't. I believe it's a little fool's gold. Like, look, yeah. I'll take the, the, the nickel-plated, the, the gold-plated necklace <laughs> right now, <laughs> but I know down the road it may turn me a little green. You know? uh, let me tell you how I feel about it, and then you bring it home if you yeah, would, Drapes. Um, one of the reasons I felt relief after the game last night is because I'm not sure how good this team is. And sometimes there's a, whoo. You know, are they are they as good as they were last year? Or is this a team that's barely hanging on? You know, is this a team that's things are going to go the wrong way in the second half? Oh, I hope not. I don't know. This team's so up and down. So win like last night, to me, part of the thing to celebrate is, woo, okay. <laughs> you know what? They're pretty good. They're not They're not a terrible team. Because that at times has been on the table this year, as, as bad as that sounds. It's like, wow, that was a nice, that was a nice win. Yeah, I think it was a nice win. And I hear what you're saying, Jay. Without those two guys, you should beat the Nuggets. You probably shouldn't get down. But I chronicled just what happened last night. 8 o'clock game in Phoenix. You get to Denver at 245. Like, that was a tough game, man. And you came out sluggish, but yet you found some way to muster up the energy to get it done. I'm, a, I'm about to say something here, guys, and it's, it's, it's bothering me, the narrative that we're having with this Sacramento Kings team. And I'm going to ask Jerry about this and Frankie about this as well. Last segment, Whitey, we just talked about, and we had the caller who asked, 28 games left to go. How good, you know, what's their record? And we both said they could go 18 and 12. That would put them at 49 wins ahead of last year. So technically, 
they are a better they would be a better team than last year. But the narrative and the negativity surrounding this team is starting to bother me right now. We always want to point holes into, well, Denver didn't have this guy. You shouldn't, you know, but they're about to have 49 wins. They're about to have consecutive seasons of 48 and 49 wins. That should be celebrated here in Sacramento instead of after every loss, get rid of Mike Brown. De'Aaron Fox is checked out. It's like Rick Pitino said, the negativity in this town sometimes sucks. Rick Pitino said that in Boston. I'm getting that vibe right now with this Kings team a little bit. We don't know if they're going to win 49 or 48. But You're if right. They, if they do, yes, that's worth celebrating. But the way this team has been up and down, there's reasons why some of us times wonder if they can get there. But Whitey. Sure, it looks different. Sure, it feels different. But we have to deal in reality through uh, 52 games or whatever it is, 54 games, they have the same exact record this season as they had last season. And so it may look bad. It may feel bad. But the reality is, in black and white, it's actually the pretty same season. We looked at the numbers also last night on, on the game broadcast. The offensive ratings down a little bit. Yes, defensive ratings a little up, but... By and large, they're the same team. Well, the results are the same. Why are we looking at it as a negative thing this King se- uh, season? Who, who's not who, dealing in yeah. reality? What yeah. did they finish last year in the West? It's not about that, Whitey. It's well, yeah, not about it that. Is. It's okay. So they need. So to hold up to your expectations for this team, they need to win sixty games so they could be the third seed. No, my they need point to be is, fifty-eight games just to be the third seed. My point is, I can understand why fans. There's more negativity because fans, being fans, we assume they're going to be better than last year. They are they're, better than last year. No, they're, they're not. about to be forty. If they are go they to eighteen get, to twelve, forty-nine wins is better than last are year. Are they going to finish third? It doesn't matter. That's, How about this? That's the whole the thing. The Kings are better, but so is everybody else. Okay. You just said we hoped, we thought they mm-hmm. would be better this year. They actually are. The problem is the Kings aren't worse than last year. They're better than last year, but Minnesota took a larger leap. OKC took a larger leap. The Clippers figured it out. So the Kings are actually a better team this year numbers-wise in terms of record if they go out and win 49 games. But the reason that they're not number three is because the other teams are better. But if you can't keep pace, and you know this, if you can't keep pace with your competition, you're losing, you're falling behind. And that's what fans are concerned about. We don't know yet where it's going. So if they win 51 games but finish sixth, is that a bad Regular season? Are we down? Six would not be a bad regular season. So no. seventh would though. Well, it'd be, if it's if just separated out of the play, if 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 it's just separated by the Pelicans winning the tiebreaker, same record as the Pelicans could be six, but because they lost the tiebreaker, they're seventh. All of a sudden, it's a bad season. You have to get out. You have to get into the first round. So ultimately, it's judged in the playoffs. Then a lot of it is right. yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I I think it's a combination of both though, fellas. I think it, it's both right. Like. As a standpoint, I think they are better than where they are, and the West is better. And, you know, we've talked, we've used this word a hundred times on this show is expectations are better, and, you know, they're required they're higher, to, yeah, yeah they're a little more. Whether they should be or not, right. which is maybe part of the problem. Right. Too. And I think that's part of what Drapes is saying. And uh-huh. that's, Drapes, I'm kind of from the school of where you're saying is I've said this all year. 
let it be to let's get to the, the finish line first. We right, don't have to right. react after every single right. game. Every game. Like, it's not the woe is me. The, the, the sky's not falling down. The cloud's not coming. We're not having an apocalypse because they went on a two, three game losing streak. At the same time, they went on a five game losing streak. Oh, no, they're not winning a championship. You know, let's see how it plays out and take it. Not necessarily react day by day, but let's take it day by day. Yeah. You know, and so I think it's a combination, at least for me. And I think for a lot of fans, it's tough because of where the Kings have been so long. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think part of it, Kyle, is that— Where, Drapes, you've been here for three, four years. It's unfairly negative because fans have been through just some tough times going back years and years and years, and it's almost like a defense mechanism. You start to think, well, it's the Kings. Okay, here we go again. It's not fair. It's not it's right. It's not fair. But yeah. It but but here's the thing, and, and this is, you know, we got Frankie and we'll ask him about this coming up in just a minute. But if the Kings had this season last year. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It, it, if we flip flop yes. seasons and totally they had agree. the same season absolutely. last year, it'd be, yep. oh, we're going to end the streak. This is great. Yep. And so it's just the negativity is starting to get to me, man. This team is on pace to, to have the same record or even better record. You know, we mentioned it with 28 games left to go. You go, you know, 16 to 12, 18 and 10, something like that. You're at 49 wins. And that's going to be a negative that we're going to look down. Sacramento's going to look down on 49 wins. What are, if, who if are we? Like, we, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. But see, Dang. but why do you, is it, is it we're looking down on it or is it we expect it to do more? Yeah, that's because can't, and that's why I say can it be both though, Drapes? Yeah. Because they can be a better team or they can be the same yeah. team, but the same result, same outcome, kind of 49ers is like, uh, well, you know, but what yeah, do we what expect out of it? from this team? Really? What, what do they what do they have to do to get to 49 here? They'd have to have go, what is that? Uh, uh eight, 18 and 10. Yeah, so they'd have to play well the rest of the way. Yeah, I think which, that people would feel pretty good about that. Right, and it's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, know, absolutely. for sure. They could absolutely. do that. March is an easier schedule in terms of they got so games. many games at home. Exactly. And they can do that. And so I go back to what was our expectations for what do we expect 54 wins? Is that what what do we expect from this Kings team? Some people probably did. And I would say yeah, Vegas and yeah. Hollinger and those guys had us at 43. Right. Mm-hmm. But isn't, isn't now the expectations after last year reaching the postseason is kind of what you said, Drapes, is now the expectations is kind of what, what happens in the playoffs. Right, the playoffs. Like, I expected yes. the, the Kings and maybe both of you guys, and it sounds like most fans, the Kings will make the postseason. Now let's see what happens. You know, up until then, right. it's just kind of like get there. Yeah. Okay. I know I'm the – 50th person to say this, but as fans, we expect it to go, you win this many, then the next year you're going to go up, then you're going to go up, you're going to go up, and it just doesn't, it's not linear that it's not, way. Right, so, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. You look at the recent history of the Kings, this is a great season. A great season. It right? is. I get that. It really is. You compare it to last year, maybe you can quibble, but in the recent history of the Kings, it's another great year. Uh, Frankie Cardicelli joins us next. What's the best thing Frankie saw from the Kings in the first half? Next. With- well, well, well. Thanks for being with us today. You know what stinks is that now we don't have any NBA basketball for a while, Trapes. And I know you I know. deserve. You get time off. Yeah. You deserve it. I understand Carmichael that. Carmichael Dave, he deserves some sure, time. He gets because, his time off, too. Yeah, you yeah. know how busy he is. During, <laughs> Talking to NBA, <laughs> covering games. During the season. Yeah. So I don't begrudge anybody that. But I don't like that down period without any NBA game. Yeah, it's tough, man. And, you know, it's funny. I, I talked to my son this morning before school. 
And he's like, Dad, you know what this weekend is? All-Star Weekend. Mac McClung, Jalen Brown. I'm like, <laughs> Did dude, he really say Mac McClung? Yo, he loves Mac oh. McClung. Oh, yeah, he's a Mac McClung guy. And I'm like, dude, we going to Cabo tomorrow. He's like, I know, but we're going to be watching the All-Star game, right? And I'm like, <sighs> They got to be broadcasting it down oh, there, yeah, right? Yeah, I should be yeah, able to yeah, stream yeah. it or something, right? Yeah, he's going to be on the beach in Cabo, you know, <laughs> 78 degrees outside, and he's watching uh, Jacob Toppin or whatever it is. Not even Obi Toppin, Jacob Toppin in the slam dunk contest. Uh, it's uh, he, He's he's pumped for it. I'm not. I, right. I, I'm not. Yeah. Um, our uh, Sacktown Sports Kings Insider joining us now. Uh, the one and only Frankie Cardicelli. Frankie, how about that win last night? We're having a little discussion here. Hey, great win, or uh, shouldn't get too carried away because the Nuggets were shorthanded. Which side do you come down on? I mean, I think we've we've seen many times that shorthanded teams in the NBA doesn't doesn't really mean much. I mean, they're also NBA players. I mean, especially in in Denver's case, they still have a lot of quality guys out there, and of course, the big one. In, in the Joker, I mean, I, we, how many games have we seen the Kings lose to teams that have been severely shorthanded? And the Kings, I think, if you were to pull the league in, or fans around the league, they'd hold the Kings in pretty high regard as a decent to good team. So I'm looking at it as a good win, especially when you factor in the fact that it's on the second out of a back-to-back when you're traveling from Phoenix to Denver uh, after playing a hard-fought game in Phoenix where your, your main guys played a lot of minutes. De'Aaron Fox played 40 minutes in back-to-back nights. I think it's a quality win and one that the Kings really, in my opinion, needed to have going into this break so i think it's definitely a quality win quality win. yeah i, I agree with you frankie 100 man and and i'm looking at De'Aaron fox 40 uh against phoenix 30 uh, against uh denver last night coming through with 15 in the fourth quarter what version of De'Aaron fox do you think the kings need night in and night out i mean that's kind of the De'Aaron fox we saw last year i mean how many games did De'Aaron fox have those double digit fourth quarter performances there, there were countless, and I think that we've seen it happen more in the beginning of the year. And then, of course, whether it's him running out of gas or going through some some injuries or what have you, he he's been having to deal with you know those changes. And obviously, when he gets back to that version of himself, he's unstoppable. And last night was that exact version of De'Aaron Fox, where opposing defense is just kind of there's nothing they can really do about it. I mean, he kind of gets down, not kind of, but he definitely got downhill last night in the fourth and did more of uh, the attack in the paint that we've seen from him over his career. And of course, he, he's gotten the, the ability to knock down the three, and that's something he's kind of taken uh, in stride this year. And, and we've seen him kind of rely on that a little bit late in games, but it was nice to see him attack the paint last night because Denver really had no answer for him. And, uh, again, that, that's the deer and fox the Kings need. If the Kings are going to maximize these final 28 games and, and finish in the top six spot in the West, they need that kind of performance from deer and fox more times than not. And I know that the All-Star game has been a big topic of conversation, and does deer and fox ever be an All-Star? Absolutely. But from listening to what Mike Brown said last night about how banged up these guys are, yeah. De'Aaron Fox clearly has not been 100% healthy, but you know, healthy enough to take the floor. I think it's come at a great time for, for a guy like Fox to get off his feet for, for seven days. Frankie Cardicelli with us, a uh, little peek behind the curtain. I know last week, uh, Drapes, you compared Frankie to Mr. Rogers. <laughs> and I thought I was going to be, when he came on, I thought maybe we should have the Mr. Rogers music. Should that be Frankie's new music? Yeah, <laughs> if Frankie's okay with it. Because he took it as a compliment when I said that last week. As long, anything's better than Kid Rock, man. If, if, that's, if, if we're moving on to Kid Rock, I'm I'm with you, Frankie. It. I agree with you 100% Everybody on that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for it. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll get that for you, Frankie. Uh, thank you. I wanted to ask you, what was the, uh, the most encouraging thing that you saw from the Kings in the first half? And what, was, what would you say was the most discouraging thing you saw? 
From the first half? I mean, from the first half, really, I mean, I, I think it's easy to say DeMondis Sabonis is, is, is not a guy that is playing out of his mind. I mean, again, it's incredible looking at I was just looking, you know, just going over social media and seeing the ringer uh, updated their top 100 players. Listen, for some weird reason, DeMondis Sabonis is trending downward. What? Uh, I think he's – yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. Again, it's the ringer, and they are – they historically, they kind of go against the grain when it comes to the Kings. They, they don't give them much props. Uh, I don't know how you can look at a guy that's averaging nearly a triple-double, 20-13-8, and eight, and you're going to say he's turning downward. But uh, he's been an anchor for the Kings. As bad as things got early, I mean, whether whether it's scoring the basketball, distributing, rebounding, he did keep the Kings in it from, from things getting ugly. I mean, obviously the Kings fell down by 16 points, and that's kind of where things unravel. And, again, in my mind, watching a game like that, and I think a lot of people like you guys who, who watch the Kings, when the Kings fell down by 16 points on the road to Denver, uh, I think you kind of can mm-hmm. figure that the game is going to get away from them, and mm-hmm. that wasn't the case. I think Demonis Sabonis was was a big reason why that didn't that didn't happen, and De'Aaron kind of took over from there. But um, the defense in the second half was what was encouraging for me. When when you hold Denver to I think they shot below forty percent from the field for the night, uh, and they got some good stops late. That's very encouraging to see the Kings, who probably had tired legs after traveling and. I think they got in around 3 a.m. Is that right, Drapes? I heard you guys got in at yeah, 2.45. Yeah, we got to the hotel at about 2.45, yep. That's just insane. It's insane to see the Kings locking like that against a very good team, a rested Denver Nuggets team. So the defense, again, we've seen it kind of go up and down this year, but when the Kings are really locked in on defense, and I think you know the numbers show they've been a better team defensively, is it drastic? No, but I think there have been more uh, positives than, than bad this year, and I really like this, what I saw from them in the second half on the defensive end. No, I, I agree with you, and, and I thought Chris Duarte was a big part of that. Uh, what do you see as his role? Is this just a one-time thing? You know, I thought Mike Brown pushed the correct button last night. How do you see the bench rotation uh, these last 28 games of the season? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think with the back-to-back, I think that was kind of a matter of Mike just saying, you know, Chris has fresh legs, he's healthy after missing some time with the ankle injury. And, again, he's a guy that he called on earlier in the season for defensive purposes, and when you see him – do what he did last night, that kind of shows the Kings, who, again, they, I think one of the main re- things that the Kings needed to do during the deadline, or people were saying, was they need to go bolster the bench. They need to bring in a guy who can play defense. Royce O'Neal, a name we heard a lot about. Dorian Finney-Smith. Is, is Chris Duarte one of those guys? No. But he is somebody that can provide you with length at the wing position and someone that can guard those twos and threes that the Kings really have had a hard time slowing down this year. And, again, he brings you more on the offensive end. He had some, some big shots he knocked down or a big triple at least late in the game that maybe someone like Kessler Edwards, if you're if people are concerned or the, the coaching staff is concerned about him, what he can bring on offense, there's been some inconsistencies there. Chris Duarte can bring you a little bit more with while bringing a little bit less on defense, but if he's able to defend at that level, I think Mike Brown might give him a little more look when they come back from the All-Star break because the Kings do have a very short bench right now. I mean, really, seven guys played more than 10 minutes last night. I'm pretty sure I think it was just your starting five, Trey Lyles and Malik mm-hmm. Monk, and the Kings need to be a little deeper than that as they get later in the year because, you know, the dog days are here and they're going to continue and it's going to be a very tough stretch against these, you know, three, four teams. The Kings are battling for a top six spot in Dallas, the Lakers, the Warriors need to have some fresh legs come in there. And it was nice to see Chris Duarte come in and do just that, provide some, some solid defense and knock down a big shot when they needed him to. Well, that uh, dovetails nicely into Frankie gets carded where we give Frankie a basketball card uh, that reflects our views of the job that he's done. So, I, you can't really see it here on YouTube, but Kyle, if you could describe that uh, for Frankie and for the 
for the oh, let's see what we what got you here. Think if that's if you deserve that today. Oh, Chris Duarte rookie select card. How about that? Uh, that's that's impressive. <laughs> Panini, yes. Uh, I think he I deserves like this one. Yeah, this is a, a pretty snazzy card, you know? Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. I'm honored, Whitey. I'm honored. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that one. It'll go right with the George Murison card. Yeah. <laughs> so you got the Duarte card. We got the music for you, Frankie. It's just all coming together for you. Let you know how much we appreciate your views on the Kings. It's a uh, beautiful day in this How many games will they end up winning this year? Yeah, I kind of heard you guys uh, going over that the last segment. I started thinking about it myself. It's kind of interesting to see where they are in comparison to last year. And, I mean, the strength of schedule is, is noteworthy. They Again, you go through Denver and Phoenix, and they're now from 5th to 8th in strength of schedule. I'm going to go ahead and predict Kings finish with 47 wins, which is one less than last mm. year. Um, and that might not put them in top six. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping maybe maybe a reverse jinx kind of situation can happen. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but – the West is just so brutal right now, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I think the Kings, when they're at their best, they can win more than that. They can exceed that limit, right. but uh, they're going to need to really take advantage of this break and, and get healthy and stay healthy because, you know, the, the West isn't going to stop for anybody. And, and, of course, you see what the Lakers and, and the Warriors are doing. Yeah. Their schedule is a lot easier, but you never know. You can't predict what's going to happen, but I think this group is very capable of finishing top six and getting near 50 wins. Uh, last night we saw them do it against a very good team on on their home floor. The, the Nuggets were the, the top home team in the West, so I think the Kings can be in that 47-48 range again, which might get them where they want to go. Might not. We're gonna have to see because the West is a nightmare right now. Frankie, you're the best. Thanks. We appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the All Star break. Yes, you too. Uh, all guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Speaking of guests, Jerry Reynolds is going to join us at 4:30. Uh, coming up here with the drive, guys. Another twist today. Another mm. unexpected twist in this A's relocation saga. What it means for Sacramento. Next with the drive, guys, on Sacktown Sports. Yeah, Kyle Draper's back for me down the road with the Kings. Kings with a big win. And now for basketball fans, sure, we got the All-Star game coming up uh, this weekend. But no basketball, no NBA basketball for a while. We'll get back to the phones in just a moment here at 339 1-800-920-1140. First, today, a very big day potentially in the ongoing twisting, turning saga of the A's relocation to Las Vegas. As you may have heard, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle reported a couple days ago that the A's are meeting today with Oakland Coliseum officials and Oakland officials about extending their lease. You know, the A's are playing at the Oakland Coliseum this year, then beyond that, for three years before they move to Vegas, I don't know where they're going to be. Even the commissioner said this week, uh, they're going to play somewhere in the West. So we, of course, have heard that perhaps they would be coming to Sacramento. We did not think that staying in Oakland was a possibility, but they're talking today. So what does that mean? We're not sure. It could mean that the A's, maybe the commissioner told them, you got to talk to Oakland. They said, okay, we'll just talk to them. Uh, it could be that Oakland now has a little more little more leverage maybe Oakland now can say all right well we can help you but we're going to need some kind of assurances I don't know if they have this much leverage but could they say we will help you with this uh but we're going to need some guarantee that we're going to get an expansion team down the road or we can help you with this but we're going to need a guarantee that the colors of the A's and the A's name and the brand stay in Oakland I don't know it depends on how desperately Oakland actually needs uh how desperately the team needs Oakland and vice versa uh, but the possibility of the A's staying in Oakland for three more years 
um, before they moved to Vegas is now apparently a distinct possibility. I would rather they stay in Oakland, and I've been back and forth on this. I would rather they stay in Oakland than come here. If the A's came here, Drapes, for you know two, three years, whatever, I would be there all the time. But I would be very uncomfortable with the whole thing, and I would much rather – I would just feel better about them staying in Oakland. Maybe that leads to something for Oakland with another team down the road. If they come here just you know having almost lost the Kings – yeah, it'd be fun, but it just, ah, wouldn't feel right. Well, I, I get it, and it feels it would feel like we're being used almost, you know. And but I look at Oklahoma City in terms of basketball. Remember when the Hornets had to relocate there? Yes, yeah. And it showed the world uh-huh. that you know what we can support a team, and then all you need is whether it's an owner or the league and Manfred. You know what? We really didn't think about Sacramento, but they had success for three or four years with the Oakland A's. That's a great market. And so I get it. It it feels like, you know. It's a chance for Sacramento to showcase. Right. Baseball, look at us. We could do this. I get that. Right. And, and, you know, the the thing, and and, and I think this is what you're saying, it's like you really don't want us. You really don't want to be here, but you're just using us because – they don't want you anymore. It's like yeah. uh, almost like, you know, a, a, an X flame or something like that. Oh, now you want to come back or now. And, and so I get it. But I, I will say I've talked to A's fans about this very issue. They said if the A's played in Sacramento, they would support it hmm. because ultimately they're A's fans. Right. They're not fans of John Fisher, not fans of what he's doing, but a chance to see their team up close and personal every day, they would support it. Mm-hmm. And so – They'd have to swallow their pride and everything like that, but especially for kids, too, a chance to see Major League Baseball in Sacramento. That would be tremendous. You know, well, some of the game's greats coming to town in Sacramento. Can you imagine the Yankees coming like, to Sacramento? All, I said like, I would be there all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. JJ said he wouldn't, though, right? He yeah, would not he participate. I, I don't know, man. But see, Jay, Jay is, a, is a grown man. Like, when you got kids and Aaron Judge is staying at – the uh, Sawyer Hotel or something. Can you imagine the scene well, do you outside what, there? What, what Jay said. I remember we were at the arena yeah. that day and we were talking about this and he said, I want to know part of it. And then we said, you know, Sacramento would be kind of showcasing uh, itself as a future home of baseball. He said, oh, yeah, Uh-oh. I got to get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hadn't thought of that. A, a, a chance day. to maybe, you know, bring baseball to Sacramento. Yeah. I think we'd have to swallow our pride, you know what, and say, uh, I, I right? would do it. There's yeah. more to it than the pride, though, too. It's kind of, in a way, it could be seen as Ace fans like, don't support this. You know, we're, they're taking our team. Kings fans know what that's like. And in a way, it would be like going, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I understand it's hard for you, but I have to do this. You know, I, in, in some way, and some of these fans are in Sacramento are both. They are Oakland Ace fans and Sacramento Kings fans. Yeah. It would be nice if we could say, yes, we are supporting you. Yes. Right. Um but that'd be hard to do if they're here. Um, so that's what I'm not comfortable yeah. with. That's why, in a way, and I And then hope... they would leave, yeah. too. That's, right. the, that's the thing, right. you know. You know, fans don't – Oakland A's fans say, don't support that. Don't help Fisher. Please, pe- I've heard this. I've seen this. People in Sacramento, help us, support us. Don't support Fisher. So that's – How do you do both? Yeah. How, maybe, how do you do that? Maybe, you know, obviously, if they stay in Oakland for a few years, if they come to some agreement, then – we're not on the horns of that moral dilemma. If they do stay in Oakland, 
is everything a-okay? Is it okay to go to games then or no? Because ultimately, it's really not about, I mean, it is about where the team is and all that. It's about the ownership. Mm -hmm. If there's different ownership, uh, Fisher decided to sell, Ace fans would return in droves, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a boycott of the ownership right now, but if they play in Oakland for the next three or four years, you know, before they move, would Ace fans even support them then? Would they go to Oakland? I mean, look at the attendance numbers as is. Right. I mean, yeah. they're trying. They've been actively trying to drive fans away. Right. That's right. what they've been trying to yeah. do. And remember, the boycott was a reverse boycott. Right. Fans, we're going to come yes. and show everyone that yeah that we can show up in numbers. And you also have the independent league team, the Oakland Ballers, which is mm -hmm. starting play in Oakland. That's nice, but I don't. You know, the place doesn't even seat 3,000. I mean, yeah, it's a great not, community yeah, effort, and it's a really nice thing. But I, I don't see how it, how it has really much to do with the A situation. Yeah, those are apples and oranges. Those are two different leagues. Yeah. Baseball, you know, they're not even in the same stratosphere. You're talking right, about a right. major league team. And so I'm not sure. I mean, it, it looks like, based on this, these new developments, the A's are going to stay in Oakland for the time being, right? Like they're they trying might, to, you know. They might, yeah, they're yeah. working on that. And it, like, do they really, are they interested? Is it something where the commissioner said, you have to do this? Maybe Oakland has some leverage here and Oakland can get something out of this. Like, yeah. we'll help you out, but we're going to need a few things. And, from and you, did baseball. you see Salt Lake, Utah just unveiled their plans for a multi-billion dollar yeah. baseball stadium that, as well? Yeah, so it's planned. They don't even have the stadium, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and we're going to have Casey Pratt on tomorrow, right? Uh, uh, I actually, Brody Brazil. Oh, Brody Brazil tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, it's our guy Brody. Story. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be on tomorrow to talk about this. Yeah. yeah, so maybe by then we'll know more about this meeting. But again, yeah. no one expected Oakland to be talking to the A's about an extension of the lease. So it's just surprise after Is there surprise still a chance? Surprise at there's is, always a chance. I, know, is, I mean, look telling how, me there's a chance. Yeah, look how slipshod this whole Vegas thing has been. Right. Is there right. a chance it'll fall through? Yes. 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 <laughs> no, you're right. You're yeah. Right. All right. When we come back, back to the Kings. Uh, will last night be remembered for the return of this King? And we'll get back to your calls as well. 339 1140. 1 800 920 1140. Drive Guys, Sackdown Sports.